Off top, octopuses have three hearts and nine brains. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What up, Charlie? First of all, happy birthday, Charlie, and welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. Throw Thank them you. up. Throw your hands up. All right, Charlie, happy birthday. Thank you. How old are you? 34. Congratulations. You look no older than 24. We get into some of your doppelgangers later in the show. We also welcome in our friend Bill Barnwell later in the show. Talk about Ravens, talk about quarterbacks, talk about Lions. Anything else that we talk about then? Uh, Patrick Mahomes being good at football, which amazing. you're not that into. (sighs) Um, Wow, that's foolish. But anyway, before we get to all of that fun stuff, we're going to talk about the matchup of the week. Yes. We just watched the Sunday night game, Dolphins-Eagles. The Eagles reminded us that no matter what happened last week and no matter what happens throughout the season, they're bigger and stronger and more physical than everybody else on the front line. And that's what football is about. As much as we love all of the magical things, the majestic ball flying through the air, and of course there is no answer for Tyreek Hill. They don't have it in Philadelphia. Well, they do have it. Crush the Philadelphia or crush the Dolphins offensive line is the answer to Tyreek Hill and score enough points that you can, I guess they didn't really outscore yeah. the Dolphins as much as they just bludgeon them. Fourth and short, we saw... The tush push brotherly shove, whatever that is. We also saw Jalen Hurts running QB power in their face. Swift getting on the edge. And on the other side of the ball, we saw that D-line just cycle in monsters that uh, the um, Dolphins couldn't block. Yeah, held the Dolphins to 17 points, which is the fewest points in the Mike McDaniel era. Um, And I do think this game, in conjunction with the Bills' loss for the Dolphins, is worth noting that they might actually struggle with really physical teams. Not good teams, just really physical teams. I mean, I feel like that's a, a trope that goes well with this Dolphins with this Dolphins team. It might be true, yeah. but like when you have a high-scoring team with fast, speedy guys, it's always going to be like labeled as a finesse team. Even though they run the ball really well, they run the ball in a way mm-hmm. that feels finesse I guess that could be the case, except for the fact that the Eagles do this to almost everybody. Yeah, I guess they didn't do it to... Um, the Jets last week, but generally the Eagles just push people around because they are a well-built team from the inside out and they're really strong. Jalen Hurts squats 600 pounds. Oh my gosh, if I hear that one more time. I know that like <laughs> average fans are coming in to the, to the broadcast, so Collinsworth has to tell the average fans the interesting Jalen Hurts fact, but there are lots more interesting facts that they need to unearth because, man, if I hear about this man's quad strength anymore... And then they show the tush push where it's not even like him driving. They just power bulldoze through everyone. It's not Jalen Hurts' uh, squat that gets him that. It's the fact that their O-line is monstrous. Let's let's find out what his single-leg RDL is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would know. More rear, applicable in this situation. Rear-leg deadlift. But yeah, and not only – I think it's probably a little bit unfair just to focus on how physical they were because what makes them so special is they do have A.J. Brown – and they also have Devontae Smith. But A.J. Brown is the type of guy that it's a chuck it up there, he well, gonna get it type of guy. And Dallas Goddard was great in this game, too. I mean, we've wanted for years when he was on when A.J. Brown was the Titans, we were like, why doesn't he get more targets? This is someone who should be like a 1,500-yard receiver every Oh, and at the beginning year. of this season, he was yeah. wondering, why don't I get more targets? Yeah, but now we're just seeing them really focus on him as a true alpha number one receiver, and he's awesome. He looks like prime Terrell Owens. Um, yeah, that's that's a good, Um, yeah. I mean, the Kelly Green jerseys has you in your flashback mode. I guess Terrell never wore those, but Hassan Reddick, I would say, <laughs> who looked better in the uniform today? Number seven, Hassan Reddick, or zero, Swift? Who, I think Swift. Swift looks like with, the, with the blacked-out visor. It <sighs> looks awesome. I'm partial to seven. I yeah. mean, and Tyrod Taylor looked great. Mm-hmm. The visor. Tyrod Taylor, the old-school jerseys with the visor was killing it. Um, I feel like we have to, the saying the Eagles are, impressive football team is not news. I think it's worth discussing whether we feel any different about the Dolphins today after this game or not. I mean, you made the assertion that you think that they their kryptonite might be a punch in the mouth. I mean, I think they could still, I mean, would I be shocked if they're, you know, win the AFC? Of course not. Their offense is incredibly explosive. And there were moments tonight, like, that it seemed like they were going to continue to score at will if it wasn't a PI call or a weird play here or there, um, or Tua throwing it into, you know, 
a bunch of routes that converged around the goal line when yeah. he's throwing it to Mostert, who was covered by a linebacker and hadn't even turned back to look at the ball. Um, but I don't think they're as complete of a football team as we thought a couple weeks ago, and they're missing Achan still, um, who seems like a all-time game breaker. That tire or that, excuse me, that Darius Slay interception was a game-changing interception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Dolphins were going down to score and likely tie the game. Um, but the point that you were making or bringing up the interception is important to kind of reframing how we feel about this game because if they tie it, they could win it. And that was not a bad decision by Tua. It was man coverage with, uh, it would have been a catch or pass interference, a linebacker chasing a running back and man coverage. The problem. Yeah. And he intentionally, I think intentionally underthrew it to make sure that you get that situation. It wasn't a bad throw. Nothing about that was bad. The thing that was bad is Darius Slay is, a really smart veteran player who is looking back in the backfield and man coverage. When I teach all my flag football players all the time, get your eyes out of the backfield and man coverage, unless you're Darius Slay. And he came off and made an interception that is unlikely to be made by most players. And that changed the game. We might be talking about something different if he doesn't make that interception. Isn't it crazy though, that after like the end of week seven, um, we're looking at an Eagles defense that was down three members of their secondary. They held the dolphins to season's lows in Yards, touchdowns, first downs, EPA per play, and success rate. Starting to think rematch in the Super Bowl. Oh, I, thought things- you, I thought you were going to say, am I starting to think that D-line is more important than oh, DBs? Oh, I mean, God, that defensive line is <laughs> ridiculous yeah. tonight. Um, rematch the Super Bowl. It's premature to be talking about that. I A mean, give it. rematch of the Super Bowl. <laughs> that Super Bowl was great. Don't get me all excited for another great Super Bowl rematch this early. Then I'll be disappointed. Well, actually... um. We shouldn't go through the teams that we don't want to see in a Super Bowl, but a lot of the good teams out there, like I would love to see the Ravens in the Super Bowl. They seem fun. I'd like to watch the Bills in the Super Bowl. They seem fun. Um, who else is a contender that we should see in the Super Bowl? That's 49ers? It. Oh, 49ers. Definitely yeah. a lot of fun in that defense and the powered offense. Um, do you care about I mean anyone but the Cowboys? I can't right. watch I can't watch it. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys in the Super Bowl would not be uh it'd be fun, but it'd be a financial boon to everybody. Cowboys in the Super Bowl? Huh. Usher at the halftime show? Yeah, I don't know that that matters as much as Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Makes so much money. Everyone will be watching sports television all day and all night. All right, I think we're good. Let's talk to Bill Barnwell. Yeah. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila. Came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. All right, Billy, Billy, Billy. And now, welcome in our good buddy, Bill Barnwell. Charlie's birthday is today. I don't know if you knew that, Bill. So we've been celebrating wow. his birthday all day today. It is actually, well, when people are watching and listening to this, it'll be the day after his birthday. But right now, it's actually his birthday. Charlie, happy 22nd birthday. Excited to celebrate. Don't know what we're going to do. Hopefully, you watched a great football game today. I can't wait to hang out with you. We're just going to gossip about Dominique for hours behind his back. <laughs> We could just do that on the show. There's two of us and one of Dominique. I don't care if his name's on it. We could just mute Dominique and just. Well, you really set up Dominique for a joke there. Two of us and one of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> you guys don't stand a chance. No jokes here. The only joke was what Lamar Jackson did to the Lions. What? Did you like my segue or you didn't oh, like yeah. my segue? <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh, we got the hands yeah, up. Yeah, my bad. Can, Shout out Allstate. Go can, ahead, Can Charlie, I do it? Do your thing. And now it's time for our good hands moments presented by Allstate. Baltimore, the Ravens are in good hands with Lamar Jackson. Lamar went off against the Lions for 357 yards through the air and three touchdowns. He added another touchdown on the ground in the 38-6 romp. Whose performance was more telling today, the Ravens or the Lions? Yeah, I got to go with the Ravens. Like, the Lions, they get a week where we can, like, forgive them on the road, whatever. They've been playing really well all season. I don't. I feel like what happened out there today, even if the Ravens are better than the Lions, they are not – 28 to zero at halftime better than than the Lions so like there's some extenuating circumstances and they've built up enough credibility that will move off of them but the Ravens on the other hand have been really good all season despite the fact that they lost two games that I thought that they should have won the Colts game they definitely should have won because they were going up against Gardner Minshew they didn't play great in that game but they had it in hand a couple times and then that Steelers game they whipped the Steelers like they just couldn't catch the ball and I I feel like the Ravens today was the best possible scenario and how well their defense played this is the highest ceiling that they can have offensively you saw just in the felt like the first quarter Lamar Jackson did everything he did all the Lamar Jackson things that you come to expect and he also did the things that people say that Lamar can't do the pocket stuff the consistent I guess no one says he can't do them anymore but people say that's not key to his game where it is he made perfect reads when they're attacking the underneath stuff he goes over the top attacks the middle of the field he uh hit perfect passes downfield and then he did the athletic stuff and they went for it on fourth down which is always something that makes me happy okay so you laid out the point perfectly Dominique I think a lot of people feel this way. You feel this way. I feel this way. It's felt like this is coming, right? Like the Ravens have been kind of on the cusp of right. something great. They've had those games that they look like they can move the ball at will. And then maybe they have some drops or some hiccups. They struggle a bit here or there. They get sloppy in the second half. They turn the ball over with a couple of sloppy fumbles. They didn't have that happen today. And that was great. But we're writing off this loss for the Lions. It's like, oh, it's an aberration. They're going to be just fine. Like, this was just one ugly game. Is the opposite not true for the Ravens? Like, do you believe they are a fundamentally different team when we can put those concerns about them fumbling and being sloppy and finding ways to lose games? Could we throw that aside now because of how they played? Or was just thus a one-week aberration where they delivered on their potential, which is something they typically struggle to do? Yeah, I mean, it's a well-phrased question. I wouldn't say that either of either of the assertions... Right yeah, I mean, it's outstanding. Either of the assertions are 100% true. The thing is, you framed it the exact way that I would answer it, is that we've seen the Ravens be close all of this time, and then they just tipped over and gave us what we expected, and we saw that they were capable of doing. So... We have not seen the Lions be shaky and garbage all the time and then suddenly like, all right, see, this is the bad, like, this is not what we're seeing from the Vikings. Like how last year we're like, hey, but the Vikings aren't that good, guys. And then we see this year, hey, see, told you. Or you get to the playoffs, we're like, hey, see, told you, the Vikings aren't that good. So it's different for the Lions. And I think they certainly have weaknesses. The defensive ones were certainly exposed today. The offensive ones, it felt like we didn't have a chance to point to those weaknesses because this was over before it started mm -hmm. and it's hard to have these expectations there's only a couple quarterbacks in the league that I think can bring you back from a deficit like that and Jared Goff as good as he's been uh for the last I guess several weeks including last year he ain't that dude he's a play nope. action guy when you have double threats and or when you can threaten with the run in the pass and you have a tight end that's the guy he is he's not a drop back and bring you back from down four touchdowns type of guy Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And that is something that we know is a weakness for this Lions team. It's just been so hard right. for teams to get that kind of commanding lead that's forced the Lions into situations where they have to throw the ball in their drop back game to catch up. Let me ask you this, though, guys, in terms of what you saw from Lamar today. Like, I think there were plays here where it looked like Todd Munkin just had the perfect call lined up. He was in his bag. They had stuff happen. But it also kind of felt like, especially early in this game, the first couple of drives, the Ravens were struggling a bit and Lamar was single-handedly carrying them, you know, over the threshold. To me, this felt like a game where I, I didn't come away from this thinking, oh, the Ravens offense is clicking in all cylinders and Todd Munkin is one of the best OCs in football. I came away from this game thinking 
Lamar is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think the credit that Todd Munkin deserves is not uh, the special stuff. It's putting in Lamar in those positions because there were opportunities where there was, I think in the first drive of the game, they put him on the edge a bunch of times and didn't ask him to make hard passes. It's simple decisions, run pass options right there. And to whatever degree, um, getting Lamar comfortable matters. I'm not sure that's as big of a deal is as it is um, signaling to the defense that this is going to be the threat. You ha- you're going to have to respect him on the edge. And I think then he goes from there to then calling the plays that are attacking the middle of the field with not the tight end. As much as I like Andrews, he's not a home run hitter. Attacking the middle of the field with Zay Flowers and putting uh, Andrews in the, like the low middle because he's going to get a lot of attention because he's Lamar's favorite target historically. And that's where I would give Todd Munkin credit. It's not that he designed these perfect plays as much as it's the sequencing of the play calling and the way that it challenges the defense. And then when you have a quarterback as good as Lamar Jackson, sometimes he's just going to make things good for you. We talk about that a lot with, or at least I do for quarterbacks, finding players that will take pressure off the quarterback. It's nice to be able to throw a quick out to somebody that might go to the crib, throw a screen pass or hand it off. I think it's nice for offensive coordinators to have a quarterback that sometimes is going to run around and make some magic happen for you and buy you some time when you didn't get the perfect call. So do you buy that any of the teams who were like rushing past one another this spring to say, yeah, we don't want Lamar. We're good. Do you think any of them will watch this game and be like, hmm, we f***ed up? No, 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 no. Football coaches. We're not at that point yet? No, football coaches are, are not that evolved. I think that <laughs> their fans know that they messed up. I'm certain that we can look at Atlanta and those fans wish they had made a different decision. The thing is, quarterbacks that talented are impossible to come by or seemingly impossible to come by. They had an opportunity. Lots of teams had an opportunity to go after him. And rather than go after him, they decided that they wanted to respect whatever unspoken bond they had of, of not raising the price on any of their quarterbacks. I, uh, I don't I mean, it's sort of a contract discussion also, but we don't need to get into it because I feel like it's like it's rehashing. All of those teams would be better if Lamar Jackson was their quarterback. Right. But the thing I, I, I'm interested about, Bill, is the point that you made of how repeatable this is, because can I stat you down for a second? Stat me down. OK. In the first half alone. Baltimore had nine plays of 20-plus yards. Lamar Jackson, in this game, was 8 for 11 for 246 yards and a touchdown when under duress. That is more passing yards under duress than he had the entire season coming into this game. How repeatable is that? Is it just going to be, if you blitz Lamar Jackson, he is going to make you pay and have big plays? Or is pressure something that he handled incredibly well today? And that's an aberration. What do you think, Bill? Some of that was kind of fluky. Like there was that check down that went for like 175 yards. Um, You know, that's not going to happen every week. You can't count on that. But Lamar had answers when it was really Aiden Hutchinson getting pressure, like snap after snap. Whenever Aiden Hutchinson was on him, Lamar almost always had answers. And I think it was more, not even the yardage, as much as it was just that, that that pressure did not often lead to turnovers. They lost a fumble, I think on a, on a exchange where they, they messed up the exchange, but really, yeah, but it wasn't like Lamar got pressured and made a terrible throw or was holding the ball at a funny angle and dropped it and, and turned the ball over. Like, to me, it's not even about the yardage. It's about just can you avoid the terrible plays? Because if this offense stays on schedule, it's so hard to stop. Yeah, there's a bunch of things coming to mind when you ask me that question. One is duress for all quarterbacks is not the same because right. you qualify duress. And I think uh, you say the word duress and I think of a quarterback who's completely panicked. But also... Lamar Jackson moving around in the pocket does not feel like he is out of control. He's under duress. And I think Bill's point about, I think there's a short pass to Justice Hill that went for 80 yards. Yeah. There was a long play to Ricard. Oh, it was yep. Gus Edwards. Yep. It's a long play to Ricard that went for a bunch of yards. Those are fluky plays. But what I always kind of hoped for the Lamar Jackson offense, because at one point we thought that blitzing was the way to stop Lamar Jackson. Right. And I'd always hoped that he had someone that they will be scared to blitz him because that person was out there. Someone that you can throw a hitch to or quick out to that might go to the crib. And I think they have that person in Zay Flowers. And so while that was, that may not be the reason why it happens all the time, I think it's a deterrent. And Zay Flowers is capable of doing that one time, breaking a tackle and going 45, 60 yards for a touchdown. And that'll make teams hesitant to blitz. And as much as Lamar's been or as little help as Lamar has had up until this point, when his receivers are healthy and they decide to catch the ball, it's really nice to have those guys on the team supporting Lamar Jackson. Also having Ronnie Stanley. 
Oh, oh did you see that touchdown he pass? Laid, when He leveled that too. <laughs> it was a complete unnecessary offensive lineman behavior. They all do this. I'm not looking forward to Tuesday when I have to throw pancakes at the screen on Get Up because Jeff Saturday is showing me how Ronnie Stanley drove a cornerback through the back of the freaking end zone. Love it. Um, I want to ask you about the other side of this game, okay? which is we had people calling Jared Goff a top five quarterback coming through this week. We can say that this was a bad game, but on the other side of this, Goff was only pressured on 27% of his dropbacks. And on those plays, he was 5 for 11 for 52 yards and interception and was sacked five times. So is this, we asked last week uh, if Purdy turned into a pumpkin, is there any concern about Jared Goff being good enough in this situation for a team that we thought was potentially near the top of the NFC? Bill? I just think we forgot. Like, like I, I think we were willing to delude ourselves into thinking that Jared Goff was a different quarterback. He's the same guy he's always been, which is not necessarily a criticism, but just a, a reflection of reality and the reality that they've been for the past few years. The Rams went out and got Matthew Stafford because they wanted the guy who could lead them back, who could create out of structure, who could be the guy who you can actually have faith will bring you back if you fall down two, three touchdowns in the first half of games. Not that that's easy to do. Not that any team has a great formula for that, but a quarterback who's going to be able to do, make those things happen. Jared Goff's not that guy. He has not been that guy, and he has the best chance of being that guy here because he has a great offensive line, because he has a legit number one receiver in Amon Rassane Brown, because he has a good running game typically. But today he didn't have the run game. Today the offensive line was kind of iffy. Panay Sewell had a couple of uh, ugly snaps, take a couple holding penalties in this game. The running game wasn't there, and then when they got behind early, he had to drop back and throw. There was no play action involved, and you take those those sort of you know handholds from Jared Goff. He's a different caliber of quarterback. He's not in that tier of, of top tier quarterbacks, and that's nothing new based on what we've seen over the course of his entire career. Yeah, I had kids sports this morning, so I didn't get to see this game from the start. I got home at one thirty and turned this game on, and it was already up by okay. 21 points. So I chose not to watch the rest of the game. And once it was over, I rewatched it to prepare for this show. And I was fully expecting to see Jared Goff be awful. And I think the fact that he wasn't is almost more of an indictment of him than anything else. Because it felt like in a game like this, your quarterback has to be just putrid. But like it suggests to me that everything around him is so much more important to how their success or failure is. It's like, Jared Goff going to give you Jared Goff things. And if you guys are can be really good to great around him, then you're going to beat people by two touchdowns. And if you guys are bad around him, you get behind early, there's nothing that Jared Goff's going to be able to do to, like, make you better. I just expected to watch him throw three first-half interceptions and to be getting sack fumbled. But he wasn't doing nothing. He just out there playing golf games, and it's just not going to work. And I, I, I don't know. I, after watching that game, I was just like, man – I kind of wish he played bad because then I could say, let's get Jared Goff back on track and, and these lines will be okay. Dominique had a weird level of respect for Jared Goff in this game. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't like know. It's you, like you were, respect you that's were disrespect. Stinky. <laughs> you were stinky, but you weren't as stinky as I was expecting. Tip of the cap to you, sir. But however, should you be stinkier if your team gets beat <laughs> that bad? Like, doesn't that suggest something? Like, you know, like if the kicker has a really bad game, eh, whatever. Sure. The kicker had a really bad game. It's not going to have that much impact on the outcome of the game, you know? Uh, but if your quarterback, if you get blown out and your quarterback was, eh, it's just like, oh, we're running like a, a Pop Warner offense where the running back's the best player. It's it's a very <laughs> weird scenario. When that fumble happened, when they were up like, I think it was 28 nothing, and they fumbled, I was like, oh, no. This is this is going to be the worst Ravens yes. loss of the entire season. That's the thing that we Thankfully, did. didn't happen. Luckily, the, Brandon Staley was not coaching the Ravens. <laughs> this is the thing that we didn't that we didn't talk much about that I wanted to touch on a little bit. You're, you mentioned the Ravens' inconsistency. It's over the past couple seasons that they seem to be the single team that can be like in complete control of a game more than anyone else and still find some way to lose it, which is completely inconsistent with the image that I think we have of Baltimore Ravens teams. Like they're a, a, a first-class business, first organization that takes care of things, uses analytics, makes smart decisions, but somehow they're always the ones that are like, oh, how the hell did they lose that game? Um, all right, let's pivot to another team that lost a game Ooh. this week that they shouldn't have. That's the Buffalo Bills. segue. You connected a loss with a loss. A I loss. Like that. Look at that. <laughs> I'm a pro. Um, so, after their last three games, which 
crescendoed today with the loss to McCorkle Jones and the pathetic New England Patriots. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's Maserati Mac. Show him the respect. <laughs> Maser- Maserati Mac. Do you still view the Buffalo Bills as serious contenders? Josh Allen's really good. I really want to contort my brain into believing that they are still contenders because Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are both really good. But they don't have much else. Like Dalton Kincaid joining the team has not become the weapon that they wanted. The running attack still isn't a respectable running attack outside of Josh Allen. And the defense, I don't know who's healthy now. Like everybody's hurt on that defense. And the defense is not strong without its best players. It's weird to me because it feels like this is the window. I mean, this is what happens with all teams. It's like we find out the window window closed before or after we all think it's going to close, and it feels like the window is closing on them already. I, I can't agree more. I mean, this is a team that, as, as presently constructed, given the things they're good at, they are not good enough to win the Super Bowl. And that's a real bummer because a month ago, they looked like they could absolutely pull that off. Going back to last season, I still think even given the injuries they had, they were one of the two best teams in football on a week-to-week basis. I know it ended poorly, but I think there's, you know, there's extenuating circumstances with DeMar Hamlin, with the the blizzard. I think they were just emotionally exhausted by the end of last season. But what is this team good at at this point? They have a, a good pass rush, not a great pass rush, but a good pass rush. This offense has looked bad against the Giants and against the Patriots the last two weeks, and this is not the same Patriots defense we've seen in the years past. Like the Bills, the Patriots missing their two best players on defense and Christian Gonzalez and Matt Judon. But the Bills do not look like they've recovered from losing Matt Milano and losing Tredavious White. I know they did a decent job against the Giants last week, but they made Mac Jones look like the guy Patriots fans were expecting him to be after 2021. Like He looked like a good NFL quarterback in this game, and he's not looked like that at any point this season. I, I'm not surprised. Like It's hard for me to believe that they can overcome losing maybe the best linebacker in the league and a cornerback who's probably a top 10 cornerback when he's right. But I mean, it's falling apart really quick. Like their, their path to winning games now is Josh Allen winning shootouts and Josh Allen's not playing consistent enough football to win a lot of shootouts. And I I mean, as much as I would like to talk about Tredavious White's importance to this um, defense, you said when he's one of the best corners in the league, when he's like, at his best, we haven't seen him He's at right, his best yeah. in in a, in a while, and I think the Milano loss is a huge one. And they can go back and watch that Miami game and understand how important he was to the defense in an era where we don't respect the linebackers. Sure, seems like the teams that have really good linebackers are also teams that happen to be uh, really good, from the 49ers to the Ravens to well Milano when he was healthy with uh, the Bills. So. Also, what happened Absolutely. to the Bills' explosive plays? It used to seem like Josh Allen would just do cool stuff and like run around exactly. and throw the ball really deep, and it seems like defense have just taken away. He still does these ridiculous passes, these no-no-yes passes. Like I still think he does them. They just aren't as cool when you're losing. <laughs> well, they aren't working. They aren't yeah. having these explosive plays, and they aren't designing runs for him because of the injuries. It's not, it doesn't seem like the same dominant offense around Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, they got, they got too high. The same way the Chiefs did. Oh, but the Chiefs answer last year, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to introduce too high coverages. I understand that that's too simplistic. Second coverage of an answer, blah, blah, blah. But the just, Fox just rant. give me, just give me a second here. Okay. I'm sorry. The Chiefs had a solution when teams play, played with light boxes, dropped two deep safeties. They ran the ball. Oh. I love stat you're, man you talking about, about that running. One? I love stat you man talking about running ball. Analytics guy says, put you your hand in the dirt one? and blow people off the ball. Let's go. You got some angry dudes running with Isaiah Pacheco. They doubled up their two, three tight end usage last year. They got bigger and they were rewarded for it. Teams got beat up up front and the Chiefs had Travis Kelsey when teams wanted to work them off of play action. So, Bills go out this year. They get Dalton Kincaid, who's not a blocking tight end, but at least lets them get bigger, they still can't run the ball. They're still not a good running team. They don't have that runner, whether it was going to be Damian Harris, whether it was going to be Latavius Murray, whether it was going to be James Cook in his second year. They don't have a guy teams are scared about in the box. And last year, Josh took some of that role because Josh was going to run like a lunatic. This year, fewer designed runs for Josh Allen. They don't have that running game. They don't have that solution to get teams out of playing deep coverage. And Josh... 
I like Josh Allen's a great player. He is the most incredible developmental prospect I think we've we've seen in recent memory outside of maybe Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. But like Josh is not the kind of player who consistently takes what you give him and takes those easy five, six yard completions. That's what you have to do if teams are going to play you this way. Patrick Mahomes begrudgingly did that, but they did that and they had guys who could pick up yardage after the catch. The Bills have Stephon Diggs and then a lot of guys who don't scare you. So like this, the, the Chiefs had that counterpunch. The Bills, at least in my head, I thought they were going to have that counterpunch this year. So far, they have not. Do you think the right back could be the answer there for them? Or do you think that the running game problem is deeper than that? Because, I mean, I know no, nobody respects running backs. That's not a thing that people respect. Yeah. But I think in the right situation, the same way we talked about linebackers, there are running backs that are more valuable. And I think we can point back to the 49ers last year as the perfect example. If, like, there's a Saquon or something like that, is that a, enough to make this offense uh, turn back into something more potent? I don't know, but I'd like to find out. Yeah. I'd like to see them try because it feels like their window with this yeah. core is shutting. Their safeties are old. Von Miller is old. Um, but I don't know if they have the offensive line. Yeah. I don't know that they have the assets to go out and get a running back. But I don't know. Who would you, if you could go out and get the Bills one running back, that's like a like a Thanksgiving gift. Who would you go out and get them? <laughs> I mean, I think I would make it Saquon. It's a team that we yeah. feel like is probably in a rebuild process, but it wouldn't solve uh, all of their problems. Come on, just didn't look like they were rebuilding today. Fair. Give him Bijan. Arthur Smith doesn't want to give him the ball anyway. He'd rather play <laughs> Tyler Algier. Like <laughs> Bijan. I love Bijan so much. Did he do anything amazing today? I have to go. No, no, watch. Arthur Smith barely played him in the first half. He, 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 played, he played three. No. And the second half, he played like four snaps yeah. all game. That's because he's trying to preserve him. He wants him to get to that second contract. He was he was allegedly sick with and had like a headache. Oh, but okay. Arthur Smith was delighted. <laughs> you know Arthur Smith just loves sticking so was to Arthur Smith sad people. was he upset when Pitt started balling because I know you guys believe that Arthur Smith doesn't want any of his playmakers to get the definitely. ball definitely so you think Arthur Smith was frustrated like damn he, it he Kyle wouldn't get, he didn't get Pitts open until the final drive of the game and Pitts bailed him out with like a 37 yard beautiful catch and run um, you know he hated it you know he wasn't thrilled I was thrilled for him um, I'm happy right. for Kyle Pitts too so now that we've pronounced the Buffalo Bills dead uh, for this, this season, season. and um, that won't come back to bite us. No, never. Um, let's talk about teams no, no, no. very hold much. Up, hold up. I want to say, I want to save myself. Your mentions can be bad. I'm going to save myself. I'm only demoting the bills from legitimate contender to not legitimate contender, but team. I would be scared to play in the postseason. Like they're going to beat somebody oh, in the Bill, postseason so you, and be real frustrated. You know that this this you can't. You know that this context. Adding this context, uh, sixty seconds after after you agreed to me saying that window is closed does not matter. They're not going to clip out the context. Matter. It does, does not matter. matter. You're going down but with Dominique, me. We're getting. We are going to get ratioed together when they're in the, in the Super Bowl. Bill Bill was just right. like, I'm not killing them. I'm just leaving their motionless body <laughs> on the side of the road. It's all good. Could you not see the Bills making it to the playoffs as the sixth seed, getting the Ravens in the first round as the three seed? We're all psyched about Lamar, and then the, the Ravens lose to the Bills. Oh, you could not see that happen. I absolutely could see it happening. The okay, only point good. I was making Happier is it doesn't matter if we say that we can see it happening now. No one is going to clip this part. They might cut this out the show right now because they don't like us either. Damn producers. Charlie, what's next? <laughs> I just want to see Josh Allen have a number two receiver that can beat man coverage one time. Um, let's move on to a team that is certainly not dead, and they were awesome today. Um did today reiterate to you that the Chiefs are clearly the best team in the NFL? Why, why, why are we doing this? Like every <laughs> because, week we do this. Well, because it was this, the first time is, they've had a fun offense this season. We haven't watched. But we that, don't want to watch constipated slop. It was sad watching Mahomes like <laughs> throw six-yard passes down the field and win games like twenty-two to fifteen. Carly, you know they're going to be next week if we do this. What do you have against the Chiefs? <laughs> yeah, you are. You're ruining things for the for the Chiefs. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I mean, the best team, whatever. I don't know. Who cares? They're really good. We know that they're going to be at least in in an AFC championship at some point. Like Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Travis Kelsey only stopped his streak of... uh, of consecutive targets for catches with a weird drop that he always catches all the time. Uh, I almost called her Katy, Katy Perry. That'll get our mentions fired up. And Taylor Ooh. Taylor Swift is doing. Ooh, that's a bad. Doing, that's a bad mistake. Doing Foxworth, not Bill Barnwell. Uncomfortable uh, white lady daps in the box. Like it was. <laughs> it was a weird game. I love the Chiefs. They're gonna be fun, and it's weird for us to talk about them because they're not the best team in football right now because they don't want to be. Like it, it doesn't feel like they care at this point. What You're they are? There is an actual discussion to be had here, which is like we're seeing the blueprint for how you should build around. An expensive quarterback. Thank you, Bill. The Chiefs are one of the youngest teams in football. They were the one of the youngest teams in football last year. They're one of the youngest teams in football this year. And they now have not just a young team, but a legitimately great defense without two superstar pass rushers. They have one in Chris Jones, but not much around him on paper without like superstar names in the secondary. They are incredible. On this defensive side of the ball. And that is a difference maker because now they don't have to have Mahomes be incredible. They don't have to have Mahomes be the January, February version of himself. He can just be good, okay, and hit those six-yard passes for extending periods of time. And they're still going to win the vast majority of their football games. And that, to me, is really fascinating because now when Mahomes does turn the Mahomes meter on and you get to January and Mahomes is that guy and the Chiefs have those pieces around Mahomes, suddenly they might be the most complete team in football. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. I, mean, oh, I can't with you. I'm just happy because Dominique turned this into like a Magic versus Hornets game in the middle of February. <laughs> no, I didn't. My point was it just felt like a stupid conversation to have for the Chiefs. It's an accomplishment for every other team to be like, this is the best team in football right now. It feels dumb to have that conversation with the Chiefs because, yes, we know the Chiefs are really good. Yo, Anders Keith face. So were you not were you not excited? Okay, yeah, yeah. I love it. Were you not Bill, excited Google, to see Google, Google him, Bill? Google, Google Anders Keith. It looks just like me. a lot of it does. Um, were you, Dominique, were you not excited at all to see the offense play well? I can't wait till Bill's done googling and then he busts out laughing because he sees who Anders Keith is. Well, I'm sorry. What's the question? <laughs> right? Nailed it. Nailed it, right? I'm watching TV, and then Paramount Plus is like, hey, Frazier's coming back. And then Charlie walks across the free screen in a <laughs> Frazier's promo. And I was like, hey, Charlie, I thought you were here with me. Anyway, what was your question, Charlie? We not ex- Charlie, Charlie, is that your – what is your dream sitcom to appear on? Is it Frazier? Oh, he's – No, Curb. Oh, gosh. Curb? Yeah. I'm so cool. I want to be on Curb. What's uh, your dream t- sitcom? T- um too, you're too kind of a face for Curb. <laughs> My dream sitcom, obviously, Family Matters. Mm. Urkel, me and Urkel running the streets. Stefan Urkel. What's the question, yeah, you, man? Would, it's a football you, show. You would, be, you, you would want to hang out with Stefan. You wouldn't want to hang out with Urkel. Nah, I hang out with both. I, I'm, I'm, I got a thing for nerds. I like nerds. You got a thing for nerds. I mean, you're here. Good point. <laughs> wow. Um, you're I, ready. Go ahead. Um, let's go through some uh, bad quarterbacks. But they could be young quarterbacks, or they could be bridge quarterbacks, or they could be overpaid quarterbacks. And on this list, I don't know how I was inspired inspired to have this question. Maybe Bill's writing it about about Ooh. it. And you should check out his no, article. No, the, the art the article's changed. Oh. It's not going to okay. be that anymore. Cool. But we can still talk about it. Nice. So, which of these quarterbacks do you still believe in? Which would you want to give up on? The first one we can we can run through these pretty quick. Desmond Ritter. Pass. Oh, you got to think about that. Well, because he didn't have Bijan in this game. Okay. And like, like, like the other part is, it's not just about these guys being bad, but just what is the alternative, right? 
Like, oh. do you think the Falcons are a lot better with Taylor Heineke at quarterback? Um, I don't think they're a lot worse. I think Taylor Heineke has shown us more than Desmond Ritter has shown us. And maybe Desmond Ritter needs more time to show us what he can do. I think the Toy Story game is when Desmond Ritter lost me for good. I was willing to hold out hope. And then I was watching that game on both channels. I'm flicking back and forth between the Toy Story version and the actual game version. And he was bad in both. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good on that. He was just, he couldn't help himself. He just kept throwing it to the Jags. And it seemed really rough. And it, it feels like when you watch those games that they're coaching around him. And, and that's, oh, of course. Yeah, which is like, I don't know. That's like below um, what they were doing with golf, where it feels like with golf, they're like supporting golf. It feels like they're hiding Desmond, which he had a nice game-winning drive this game, which is hard to come off of maybe his best professional moment and say that I'm out on him. But I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see what else we got if I'm – uh, a Falcons fan maybe should have gotten Lamar. If your professional moment is beating the Bucks <laughs> in, in a close game, like the Baker Mayfield, not Bucks. exactly. I mean, yeah, not exactly like a life changing accomplishment. It, it seems like Justin Fields might be available real soon, so they might want to holler at him because mm. old tattooed Tyson doing his thing out there in Chicago. What's next? Sam Howell sacked forty times already this year. All right, Bill. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, I'm out. Wow. We, we, we can. We can call it a day, not just because you have Sam Howell, but you got Jacoby Brissett behind him. You have an actual legit NFL dude waiting in the wings who is not going to screw things up on that team. They have a good defense. They have a good second pass rush, at least. Their secondary is terrible. They can actually win games with that defense if they just don't turn the ball over and take a sack every single possession. But for some reason, that's the, the, the wagon they pitch themselves to. I mean, I think we know what Jacoby Brissett is. Is there any part of you that has hoped that Sam Howell, uh, with some maturation, can grow to better than Jacoby Brissett? Because that's the only reason that I would hold out some hope for Sam Howell is that we have seen him have good games. He has a cannon on his shoulder, and they have talent around him. I think that maybe I'd be willing to give – I'm not as strong against him as I am Desmond Ritter. Here's the thing. I like, you know, all those NFL tweets that are like, oh, you know, uh, or, or, or all, all those sports tweets that are like, yeah, could you ever run for 10 yards in an NFL game? Or, you know, could you ever hit a home run? And I could never do any of those things. But I could get knocked down to the ground in an NFL game. <laughs> and if I stick my arm out, I'm getting a sack on Sam Howell. Like, <laughs> like if there's anything down there, if there's like oh, a Lego gosh. on the field, <laughs> if there's like a, a Barbie on the field, they're taking Sam Howell down. He's the most sackable quarterback I think I've ever seen. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't think of a guy who got who got better at that or so much better yeah. at that that he was a, a playable quarterback as his career went on. Like he's he's just he's the outlier of outliers when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the ceiling isn't super high on Sam Howell, but I think I don't feel as certain about where he's going to land. Like, I think he could get to, like, game manager. I think he could get to that point. I think there's a chance that he could, but I'm fine with – if you're going to go Jacoby Brissett because you're making a run right now, then that makes more sense to me than Sam Howell. But, yeah, I, I feel like we've already spent too much time discussing Sam Howell, so who's next? I just want to let everyone know that watching Sam Howell, it does look like the touch football scene in, scene in Wedding Crashers where Vince Vaughn gets wrecked every single play. Um, next one, Jordan Love. Um, yeah. This is a tougher one. I mean, I think Jordan Love – Got us all excited a preseason when Bill was telling us relax is the preseason. I was one of the people who refused to listen to Bill's sage advice, and I got all excited about him. And he looks like a quarterback. He throws great passes that feel very quarterbacky, but he's not good. They're not good. No, he hasn't been good. No, he's not good yet. And and, and yes. same thing with Ritter. It feels like well, I mean, he's only started like seven NFL games like he's an inexperienced guy I know he's older than Sam Howell and whatnot but you know it, it feels like they don't trust him in the same way that the Falcons don't trust Desmond Ritter like right. so much of this offense is screened so much of it is running on first and second down like they don't take many shots they're not a when they do take shots he's terrible at hitting them like it does not feel like they have easy answers for him and it does not feel like they have much more than the easy solutions they think they have lined up for him. Part of that is because he's six for 27 with zero touchdowns and three interceptions on throws 20 or yard, 20 yards or more downfield. That ain't good. Yeah, and Christian Watson, Christian Watson got hurt at the end of this game too. I watched, I watched a lot of Packers Broncos for 
the middle of the season. Trust me, you did not miss out. This uh, is not a fun watch. I don't love this this part of the season where they only give us two four o'clock games to choose from. Not a big fan <laughs> of that, but yeah, I, I mean, especially when you're not excited about the Chiefs game. <sighs> Shut up. Yeah, I enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed the Chiefs game. It was a lot of fun with Katy Perry dancing in the. Are you are you are box. you trying to fire Brandon Staley after the Chargers game, Charlie? <laughs> uh, I'm not actually. Dominique was uh, like, no, you're we're, the, we're 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 picking Christmas. They play on the 23rd. And we're th- nice uh, Christmas present for the I team. Got a, I got a confession <laughs> to make. Or as soon as we turned that game on, it was probably halftime in the game. I said, hey, Charlie, when's the Chargers by? <laughs> I was wondering when to time it up. And then he's like, they already had their buy. I was like, they got a Thursday game or something. Tell me when they got a long week, Charlie. Tell me when they got a long week. Just tell me when they have a long flight back home. <laughs> they got a Europe game or something. All right, who's they next? Right, I uh, didn't pick on Jordan Love. I, I would like to just piggyback on what Bill said on Jordan Love. What's that? I, I, more time for Jordan Love. <laughs> Kenny Pickett. More time for Kenny Pickett. He was nice at the end of this game. Yeah. Like I, I was ready to be like, I was going to write that article on – these quarterbacks got to go. And Kenny Pickett was actually good yeah. in the second half of this game. He actually led them back to victory. He was not just being carried along for dear life the way he's been in leads earlier this season. So more time. You know what's Pickett. funny to me, or at least when we're talking about these quarterbacks, there's there's obvious um, like latitude that we offer to quarterbacks based on where they were drafted and I guess that's about like the perception of how much their how like how high their skill level is and how much the team has invested in them but I think Kenny Pickett is one of those guys who is not treated or talked about like a first round quarterback despite the fact that he was a first round quarterback but I'm kind of surprised but happy to hear that you want to give him more time because he's a first round quarterback who has not been awful like for the most part, and there's reasonable criticism to be made about the decisions made around him. And like for Justin Fields, we've been making excuses for Justin Fields for a long time. And maybe they're explanations, but Kitty Pickett has those excuses plus some if we're, I guess he has better receivers, but we, we wouldn't be normally, we're not willing to extend that to a guy who doesn't feel like a high level prospect, but I like it for Kenny. Give him, give him a break. Did you see the game winning touchdown for the Steelers? Yeah. So they brought they brought a player in motion. They were going to yeah. hand the ball to Najee Harris, and the timing was so bad that the the guy in motion almost laid out Kenny Pickett as he was handing the ball off, and yet they still got a touchdown. That's like the peak Matt Canada to me. Like Which they is, they 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 succeeded in spite of the motion going horribly wrong. That was the second time a guy in motion smashed Kenny Pickett. Earlier when they went for that fourth down, they tried to do a trick play tush push where they motioned Hayward and. They timed it up to push Kenny Pickett over line, and he just slammed Kenny Pickett into a defender and tried to break him in half. It was a mess. It was embarrassing. Who's next? Let's just go to the last one here. Oh. Deshaun Watson. Uh-oh. Time to just Ooh. give up on him as a football player. Uh, I mean, this is where the options come into it. Like, what else are you going to do? You're stuck with this price tag. I guess you're better without him. You know what? Uh, like, when we talk about getting quarterbacks benched or guys losing their jobs, I feel bad. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not excited about the idea of Sam Howell not being an NFL starter. Like, I don't have any ill will towards Sam Howell. I love talking about Deshaun Watson getting benched. Like, this is great. <laughs> like, it's so much fun to talk about Deshaun Watson being well, He doesn't even have to get a benched. Horrific and football doesn't he have to get bitch he's like hurt he's benching himself yeah he's 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 i i i don't believe that he was he was not able to play in this game i think he was so bad early in this game that they they soft benched him oh you think so you think it wasn't a show well either way he's not good and he's hurt or he's injured or something but yeah you can't give up on him. you say in a vacuum he hasn't shown us anything in recent years that suggests that he is worth playing however he has shown us in the past that he's capable of being among the best quarterbacks in football and if you show that in this league it's not just like college or potential he's done in the nfl it's hard to give up on somebody who's done nfl that person gets a bunch of different shots at a bunch of different places okay so so what what is going to happen like i like what what is the element of deshaun watson that is going to improve to unlock that quarterback who we saw before the pandemic, before all the off-field stuff was reported. It's too much stuff going wrong. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, like, I, three it's years. Like not, it's yeah. not like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. I guess that's reason to give up on him. But I, I can't pinpoint the one thing that is why this has all gone wrong. Can you? No, I mean, it's a lot of things. Like, yeah. like he looks a step slow. He does not look like he is confident. 
like his decision making is just horrific. He like the, the part of him that was, it's almost like Russ, but like the part of him that was a strength where he was extending plays or he was, you know, working out a structure. It went from being a huge plus to being a huge negative, seemingly the moment he showed up in Cleveland. But like, like, like I think there's a different question to ask here that's more realistic. We don't expect the Browns to bench Deshaun Watson for the remaining four years of his contract. But if you're the Browns and you know Deshaun Watson is injured with a weird shoulder injury and the commanders are not playing Jacoby Brissett, don't you call up the commanders and be like, hey, we have this guy who knows our offense. Let's trade for him because we think we can win games with a guy who doesn't turn the ball over and the league's best defense. Like, wouldn't you be interested in making that call? Definitely. I think they definitely, they definitely, because here's the thing. Let me blind res, add this, another question. On the back of your question, as we convince Dominique of our side of this, if I were to tell you blind resume that there was a formerly good quarterback three years ago, who played no football and then bad football. And every time you took him out of a game and put PJ Walker in, the team got better. Would you still think that is someone that you should not explore other options to, to make your team, this best defense in the NFL, have a chance to win? You don't have to work hard to argue to get me off of Deshaun Watson deserves another chance. Like, I'm fine with that. You convinced me. Yes, we're done with Deshaun Watson. Get Brissett. Get Sam Howell for all I care. I don't care. Anybody in that offense is better at this point. It comes with a lot less issues and seemingly better play. He's been awful. Yeah. It's hard to find any way to defend him. I, I think that he at one point was great at football. If you're not going to be great at football, Ooh. we can't pay you and keep you here at this at this price. Here's 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 a question: Would you rather be starting Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson? Ah, you stop that. You you're trying to ruin my night. I was having fun. <laughs> I'm having a good night. I have nothing to complain about except for maybe a little too much sheep. It's warm in here. I'm I'm feeling the same thing. <laughs> oh gosh, that's you, it. We need you a, remember, a fan in here. You remember all those all those tweets, all those all those anti analytics articles that were like the Browns, these idiots, they traded the draft picks to the Eagles that let them draft Carson Wentz. <laughs> I said, I said, I, I say bring a full circle. I say bring bring Carson Wentz in. Oh God! Can, can he can he really be worse than Deshaun Watson? Then <laughs> no, he can't be worse than Deshaun Watson. But what a locker room! That's gonna be so much fun. I love imagining. Uh, um, what's their tight end? Njoku. Uh, yeah, this is Njoku with Wentz and Miles Garrett. Can we? If we're going to talk about the Browns. Can we talk about their defense? Can we talk about Miles Garrett. That's who should play quarterback. Miles Garrett is the best football player they have, possibly best football player in football. You know what we do? My my team, the team that I'm coaching, we have one kid that is amazing. You know what he does? He plays quarterback. <laughs> so there we go. Miles Garrett, amazing. Give him the ball. Oh, I like that idea. I love it. This has been awesome, Bill. Been great. It always is. We hit all the quarterbacks. Um, we didn't hit Mac Jones. It's the one you left out. We don't have to. Eh. McCorkle had a big day today. You're all in on McCorkle. Maserati Mac. Maserati Mac. Come back starts today. Well, thanks a lot, Bill, for joining us. Thank you, Charlie, as usual. Thank you to all of our great producers, Kevin, Brian, Serafina, Megan. Thank you, Podville, for this. And also, we gotta thank the people, the good hands at Allstate for presenting the Dominique Foxworth show. And we out. Everybody at home, throw your hands up. Do your all state symbols. It's a thing. We're doing it in the streets. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.